Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, we tackle for the first time, and certainly not the last time, what to do with Chandler Jones. Maybe the most interesting name among all the team's free agents and the headliner among the nine on defense. The team does have options, and so does he. But first, we localize a news story. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 531, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. You've heard the phrase, localize a news story, right? Yes, sir. Take a national story and make it of interest locally. The big national story this week in the National Football League, at least for me, MJ, came out of left field. Sean Payton stepping away from the Saints after 15 seasons. A big deal across the league. And when you localize it, you're like, well, why? If you're a Cardinals fan, what does it matter? Well, it doesn't really until the season begins because the Cardinals do host the Saints next season or this upcoming season. And I think that's significant depending on what the Saints do at the head coaching position. Yeah. And it, first of all, Sean Payton's a great storyteller. Um, I think his press conference is still going. <laughs> God I, bless him. He, he I watched the first 40 minutes and then cut out of it, and I was like, okay. But, yeah, and I'll give him credit. At the onset, I'm going to sit up here and answer every single question. I've got nowhere to be. And I thought that was phenomenal. Yeah. I think his opening uh, monologue or his opening uh, statement was 32 minutes. God bless him. Um, there were some rumblings over the last week or so between, like, even the owner, um, Gail uh, Benson. She she was at an event, and she said, well, Sean hasn't gotten back to us. Um, Sean will make his decision. And then he was at the facility meeting with Mickey Loomis, the general manager, so I think they had some insight to where this could happen. But from a national standpoint, you know, the announced that he's um, stepping away. He's not going to coach this year. That's what he says. And, yeah, I, I agree with you. Now, Dennis Allen, to me, should get the uh, an opportunity to interview. He's been a former head coach with the Raiders. He's been their defensive, like, guru. And then Aaron Glenn – was a defensive backs coach there. He's with the Lions right now. He interviewed for a head coaching job. So, obviously, you got to do your due diligence, but it would be a smooth transition. But the thing is, they're in salary cap jail, and they don't have a quarterback. And I think that really led to his decision because he said it was tough last year. And, they, and they, even though they got Tyson Hill and all that money got you know, tied up in him, he's not the answer. So, um, if you're Dennis Allen, it's 1-32. to um, you know, they're not going to sit on their hands. They're going to have to figure out the quarterback position. And the thing was, if he was still there, you heard guys like Russell Wilson, possibly uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, if the Niners move on from him, like he's a quarterback guru. And so, you know, everyone's kind of connecting the dots that, you know, it, depending on what happens with Mike McCarthy, you know, that's, that's a, you know, he can go there and obviously try to get Dak Prescott. He's worked for the Cowboys before, but it looks like he's going to go on TV. Um, he can make twelve to fifteen million a year. Now, Amazon is trying to go after Al Michaels 
and I, I know there's a report out there that Monday Night Football is trying to go after him, but the, the, the rumor was Al Michaels and Troy Aikman on Amazon. And that's the Thursday night package. And, that's, and now, starting next year, you have to have Amazon unless you're in the local markets. It's not on the NFL network anymore. So eyeballs will be on that. And then all of a sudden, so if you're Fox, do you hire Sean Payton for one year? There's a lot of people that believe Bruce Arians all over again. Now, with B.A., yeah. he did feel that he was going to retire. And the and, Cardinals got a draft pick. And he was he was going to be gone. One year in the booth, he missed it, got back into coaching, went to Tampa Bay, and yeah, because he was still under contract, the Cardinals were compensated. Now, that could be the case once again. John Payton takes a year away, two years away, comes back. Well, the Saints do still own his rights, so to speak. For the next three years. Yeah, so that is something to pay attention to. But I'll give him all the credit because they nearly made the postseason, finished 9-8. and eight and finished as the eight seed, and the top seven made the postseason. Yeah, and he he, he was asked who you're rooting for, and I guess the Rams didn't do any justice <laughs> at the end, so he's rooting for the 49ers. <laughs> but getting back to just the broadcasting, so if if Al Michaels and Troy make a hookup, you'll see Mike Chirico with Chris Collinsworth, and then Joe Buck, we'll see. Now, if you're Monday Night Football, Brian Greasy's contract's expiring. Um you know, they're trying to get Al Michaels. Do you pan him up there? So it's it's fascinating that – and Peter King was on this a couple of weeks ago. He mentioned three names, Sean Payton, Sean McVay, and I don't know who the other was, that don't be surprised if one of these guys take a job. That was three weeks ago. Sean McVay was on that list? Yes, which I thought – I'd hold the door open for the man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like, why would he – I mean, again – I think he was there 15 or 16 years. I mean, they, the whole idea they had to go on the uh, train in Dallas, I mean, it, it's a grind, and he tried everything he can do to get that team, and, you know, obviously when you lose Jameis Winston. But, yeah, there'll be, there'll be teams lining up for Sean Payton, I could tell you that. Now bring it back to the Cardinals, and yeah. you look at the schedule next season, including the Saints – Four teams the Cardinals will play next season with new head coaches, Vikings, Broncos, and Raiders, along with the Saints. So, again, when do you face those teams? We'll know probably mid-May because new head coach, maybe you want a little bit more film or maybe you want them early in the season before they really get their game plans and their schemes familiarized by their roster. So, I don't know if there's a right or wrong way earlier this year or looking back at 2021, Cardinals got the Jaguars early in the season, and that seemed to, well, at least in the first half, it didn't go very well. But over time, Cardinals just were the better football team. So I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer when you want to face the Saints, Vikings, Broncos, or Raiders coming up. Well, I think it's a great point you make. I, I would like to face them early before they kind of figure things out. Now, Regardless of who the new head coaches are, you tell me who the, who the quarterbacks are going to be. That's yeah, and what they've done as far as roster construction, who they've added, who Denver, they've lost. Denver's going to add a quarterback, and everyone thinks an option is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, and they could hire Nathan Hackett as their head coach, and then all of a sudden, and they got a really good defense. So, yeah, you tell me who the quarterbacks are, and then we'll go from there. But clearly. You know, we know what it was like for Cliff Kingsbury in his first year, Zach Taylor in his first year, 
Um, Sean McDermott in his first year. I mean, it takes time. But you tell me who the quarterbacks are, and we'll go from there. You look at the schedule overall, home and away. On paper, it is a tough schedule. Yet there's a lot of time between now and September as far as, okay, who are the head coaches, coordinators, quarterbacks, the rest of the roster, what injuries might have happened. So when we talk about the schedule in January, there's going to be another discussion in May and then as the offseason progresses. So it looks daunting right now, yet who knows what happens. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on that schedule. With or without Tom Brady, that game certainly is much different with and then obviously without. The Cardinals have a really good home schedule and difficult teams. Now, the NFC West, when you look at the strength of schedule, and really we're basing it on last year's records, Cardinals are two second overall. And I want to say one of the teams in the division is one. So they are going to have a difficult schedule, um, not just based on the quarterbacks, but also you know we'll see if they can win more home games and then kind of split on the road or win, try to win as many as you can. But – it's 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 a it's a great schedule, but it's a very difficult schedule right now on paper. Second strength of schedule going in the next season. Seven teams, nine games against clubs that made the playoffs last year: Rams, 49ers, Buccaneers, Eagles, Chiefs, Patriots, and Raiders. At home, you got your three NFC West teams plus the Buccaneers, Saints, Chiefs, Chargers, Eagles, and Patriots. So again, on paper. Very daunting, but we'll see what happens as the offseason moves along. As we move along here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, because Cardinals, if you're an opponent of the Cardinals coming up in 2022, yeah, it looks daunting, a team that won 11 games. But what is this team going to look like when they kick off week one in September? We touched on... The number of offensive free agents in our most recent episode of Cardinals Cover 2. In case you missed it, Bergang, go into the archives and a great discussion specifically at running back and the tight end position. But as we focus on the defense, and I do want to touch special teams as well, but the number of free agents on the defensive side of the ball, the number is nine, but there is one name that stands out among all of them, and that name is Chandler Jones. And he has been a polarizing figure, if you will, as far as the 2021 regular season began. Week one, five sacks. And we did Cardinal talk immediately after that ball game. And what was the sentiment from the fan base? Oh, pay, pay the man. You should have paid him. Pay him now. Well, they couldn't pay him then. But you got to be patient. How does this season play out? All right, five sacks week one five and a half the rest of those 16 games so on paper yes another double digit sack performance out of Chandler Jones that is five times in six seasons with the Arizona Cardinals he's reached double figures in sacks question is will there be a season 2022 for Chandler Jones and the Arizona Cardinals well first of all I mean we all get fixated on sacks I mean yes I thought in maybe in the last month of the season, maybe, except for the Rams game, he, he was getting in the backfield. I mean, he there were a lot of times that he, he got opponents holding penalties, um, tackle for losses, pressures, hurries, knockdowns. 
But the money he was making, they were looking for more production. And there was some inconsistency from maybe the second uh, month of the season. And obviously he had COVID. And, but he showed flashes. But um, I think the Cardinals wanted to see more from him. And I think they would have gave him a contract extension two or three years, kind of like Cameron Jordan, who's a little bit older, but both play the same position, whether they play in the hand or not. Um, this reminds me of Patrick Peters, where Patrick didn't have a great year. We know that he, the last two years, coming off the suspension, he wasn't the same player. I, I still think Chandler can, can play, you know, for the next couple of years, and uh, he's still the best pass rusher on the roster. Um, but I think they're going to allow him to test free agency. And let's say Vance Joseph gets a job. I mean, you don't think the Miami Dolphins are going to try to go after him? I'm, I'm just hypothetical. But I, I think – another team out there that has cap space, they're going to look at the film and they're going to say, you know what, if, if I can get another guy next to him, he, he's going to get paid. It's not going to be a, you know, a five- or six-year deal. We know these option years now are avoidable years, but he's going to get paid in the open market. He's not 35. He's 32. He, he's coming off an injury. He was able to stay healthy from that standpoint. So some team will pay him, but I really think it's similar to Patrick Peterson. Go out there and see what you're worth, but at the end of the day, I don't think they're willing to match the offer, and he doesn't need to give a hometown discount. No, he does not, and he'll be 32 when the season begins. He turns 32 in February, so that is that age where you're you're wondering. You, you, you Physically, how is the body going to hold up? Because I'll say this about Chandler Jones. When he was acquired by the Arizona Cardinals and given that first contract, and it was a lot of money, he earned every penny of what he received. He got better, MJ. And how many times can you say that about that, about a player getting better after your second contract, your huge payday? Not your initial contract, but you get that second contract. Some guys – Subconsciously, human nature tend to relax a little bit. We've seen it. There are a number of names out there. No need to discuss right now. But Chandler Jones improved as a pass rusher, getting to the quarterback, affecting the quarterback position. Question is, another contract. Now, I don't know how many years, dollars, or whatever, but do you worry because that 32 gets tagged to a player and playing a physical sport like the National Football League, you know, how much do you want to invest in a player at that age? That age doesn't concern me. You, you look at Von Miller. Uh, again, he's not 35. Um, let's be honest. Let's go back to training camp. Two years ago, you and I were watching practice. He was out of shape. And I think that affected it. You know, he was he was overcompensating. I think that that's how he got hurt. I mean, obviously, anytime you're, you know, dealing with left tackles and all that, so let's fast forward to last training camp. According to Kingsbury, the two best players in camp, and I and I thought there were more, Chandler Jones and Jordan Hicks. He came into camp in shape. So you imagine if he gets a chance to go somewhere else. Um, no, I'm, I'm not concerned about the age because, I mean, yes, I don't know if he'll play as many snaps with another team because he was our one-trick pony again to the quarterback. But, no, I, as long as he can stay healthy, there will be a team out there that pays him. I know, and you brought it up, I want to kind of touch on the, the sacks because that's what everyone, you look at the stats at the end of a ball game, it's like, okay, well, what did you do as a defender? Oh, how many tackles, how many sacks? And, yeah, we get fixated on sacks a lot. But watching film 
and then relying on what the coaches think a player did affecting a play. Not so much the sacks, the pressures, the hurries, the knockdowns. How many holding calls did you get as far as on the other side an offensive tackle had to hold you from preventing you into the backfield? How much attention did you receive as a defender that allowed the guy next to you, the guy on the other side, make a play because you were double teamed or triple teamed? That's a little bit harder for even myself the average fan to kind of put down on paper and say, oh, yeah, Chandler Jones or any defender had a great season because X, Y, and Z. We like to put numbers next to this to figure out production equals value. And when you have five sacks week one, five and a half the rest of the season, how do you put a value on that? Well, Chandler Jones discussed it during the course of the season. Vance Joseph discussed it during the course of the season. Chandler Jones did so much more than just sack the quarterback. Yet at the same time, you would like to see more as far as finishing off the play when you get into the backfield, whether that's a sack or a tackle for loss. And I think down the stretch, whether quarterbacks were getting rid of the football a lot sooner, aware of number 55, but how much did Chandler Jones affect the game with our eyes? And I think you made a good point. Didn't seem to be much of an effect later in the season. Yeah, so if you look at it, 10.5 sacks, 12 tackle for losses, 4 passes defensed, 26 quarterback hits, 6 forced fumbles, 1 fumble recovery. And that's because he can come from the backside. And they're taught this in practice from Billy Davis is you, you reach your arm out. So that's where the other stuff comes in. It doesn't equal the sacks, though. And where you get again, fixated by that sack total, and that's what gets players like Chandler Jones paid. question is, what do the Cardinals do? Because my concern here, and it's a legit concern, you let Chandler Jones walk. You decide that, you know what, we're going to go our separate ways. It was a great partnership, but you know what, we need to move on to improve our team. You have no other pass rusher. I understand, Craig, but that's the off. That's what you have for the off season, and I, and again, I mean, people are going to mention Hassan Reddick. Who knows if um, he's going to get the tag? Um, you know, he's got Shaq Thompson over there. He's got a really good defense that he flourishes in. Um, so I'm not going to yell fire in a the theater. It's just we got to let the process unfold. They they can't do anything right now when it comes to free agents and draft and trades. So. Well, they could re-sign Chandler Jones right now. <laughs> But I don't think that's – and I don't even know if, if Chandler would want that. Yeah, I mean, they could, but I just don't see – that. that's not what they're thinking in the future. So they could, but – and again, um, somebody's going to pay him, and we're going to watch a game and say, oh, the Cardinals could have kept him. Um, but body of work, he wasn't the same player he's been in the past. Let me give you another option here. And this is something that I've been thinking about. Maybe I am so far in left field, I'm not even part of the discussion, part of the game. Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. You brought in J.J. Watt, signed him to a two-year contract, and all the narrative and all the talk was, hey, J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones, you pair those guys up, magic. Year one, J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, I thought it was pretty productive. Maybe the numbers weren't great, but they were affecting opposing offenses. They're, quite consistent. Those first seven games, they were getting in the backfield. J.J. Watt gets hurt. We don't see him until the postseason. So year one was half a season, really, with that pairing. 
What about the idea, and because of my concern about a pass rush when all you have really is Marcus Golden and Dennis Gardeck, who is also a free agent, we'll touch on him in a moment, but there is no pass rusher, edge rusher, if you will, waiting in the wings for the Arizona Cardinals. With J.J. Watt still under contract, what about tagging Chandler Jones? One year. It would be the second time that they franchise tag him, so you're going to pay him more, 120% of what he made last season. So you're looking at $18.5, $19 million for one year of Chandler Jones to coincide with the last year of J.J. Watt. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a bad idea. I didn't really think about it. I mean, he's, he's, he's going to get that on the open market. And, and that's not, I mean, usually passwords are like 20, 22 million, you know, um, depending on the tag. Yes. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. I just, I just don't, I don't, I just don't think that they're willing to pay that money for a guy. Now, again, for a guy that's going to be 32, I went back, you know, again, I think they can play till he's 35, but you can allot that money to somebody else. And that's fair as a comeback to say, you know what, I get it. Yes, it makes sense. However, we have all these other needs that you have to look at defensively on offense to improve so you're not one and done in the postseason. Yet at the same time, you look at, all right, that franchise tag has a negative connotation. Here's the other aspect of this conversation because as much as it is a way for teams to keep a player, it's viewed negatively by players because now all of a sudden they feel like they're being held and not allowed to see what their market is in free agency because you know sometimes there is a way and I believe when Chandler Jones was first franchise tag there was an understanding hey we just needed more time to get a contract a long-term deal done so that was I think something that they had mutually discussed perhaps it was more of a formality if anything a procedural move to tag him the first time I don't know because let's remember Chandler Jones wanted a contract extension in the offseason didn't get it when he didn't get it he has to be traded didn't get that trade was a perfect soldier perfect gentleman professional the rest of the season he gets tagged what's going to be his reaction how's he going to feel and that I don't know I I don't think he's going to get tagged but I I understand what you're saying. Um, I think when you look at it from a standpoint of eighteen million dollars, I I just don't. I mean, t- they got to use that money for elsewhere, and that's 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 what the front office job is now is to try to find you know. And it, it, there's we talk about it. You got you sign your own free agents. You got unrestricted unrestricted free agency, and then you got trades. And then you got the draft, so I mean they're going to have to figure it out. But um, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't tag them. I would not tag them. And I don't think they will. Talking about the Arizona Cardinals front office, it's just look. I, I'm looking. I'm trying to view this from all sides. And does it make sense fiscally, financially? Does it make sense as far as what you're trying to build here? And again, take advantage of what will be the final year of Kyler Murray under his rookie contract. Yeah. And that's that's being discussed a lot now because you look at what's happening in Cincinnati and what the Chiefs were able to do with Patrick Mahomes. So there is somewhat of a window to where you can spend more at other positions because you're not spending at the quarterback position 
yet. Yeah, I think everything is on hold when it comes to Kyler Murray's future. I mean, just from a standpoint of he's he's got to show vast improvement next year. Um, um, so I, I don't. I mean, like I said, um, during the season, I think Kingsbury and Kyler Murray were going to get extended, and I don't think that's the case now. Now the the franchise tag. It started with uh, Pat Bolin because he wanted to keep John Elway. It was really for the quarterbacks. That's true. I do remember that. It was supposed to. And then all to. of a sudden, it, <laughs> it's every position. Now, really the team and the player, it, it doesn't. It, it really – I mean, the, the fact that the Cowboys tagged Dak Prescott a couple times, right? Um, Kirk Cousins got two tags yeah, by the Minnesota right. Vikings. So, but for the team and the player, it really doesn't – makes sense because you're carrying a high cap number and the player wants guaranteed money yes so nobody really wins because a you're gonna have, you know Kirk Cousins 30 million he was 20, 30 million and then you know he got obviously everything was guaranteed 84 to 90 million he was guaranteed so there but here if you're Chandler Jones and they put the tag on you there's no guaranteed money it's guaranteed if you you play the entire season once you sign it, it's guaranteed because he's a vested vet. Yeah. He, but nobody wins. Too much of a high cap number, and the player wants the cheddar up front. Interesting conversation, Bird Gang. And, again, this will not be the first time we discuss Chandler Jones or pass rush because I do think it's a need. It's a huge need. Even if you do bring back Chandler Jones for a year or you re-sign him, it's a position that needs to be addressed as far as trying to get younger at that position moving forward because that's what front offices do. It's the immediate and then it's a long term. What do you say? It's what, two, three, four years out that you always have to kind of look and at least, plan for. At least three. Every time you go into the season, you look at the next three years because that's where, you, that's where you, you get your allotment of money. Do they decide to give Kyler Murray, you know, X amount of dollars per year? Yeah. every So when you go into the season, they're looking at the next three years because in a perfect world, if, you know, if um, I think the Cardinals would have liked to extend a player or two during the season, but when you when you when you go out and spend money like they did, and they had a little bit of reserve money for Zach Ertz when they put Max Williams on, but I do think they would have re-signed a couple guys, and I don't think that would have been well. Initially, they were considering Chandler Jones, but I think it would have happened in the off season. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals as we continue to discuss the number of free agents on the defensive side of the ball. Two others I want to highlight, and these are two veterans, two contributors this past season, Corey Peters and Robert Alford. Now, I think these aren't – I mean, if you can get a deal done now, great. It's not the first wave of free agency, maybe not the second wave of free agency, but Corey Peters provided great depth, good locker room leader, Robert Alford, Thank God he was able to play this season before getting hurt late, but we saw Robert Alford in a Cardinals uniform for the first time in three seasons, was in the number three corner, and played very well when he was out there on the football field when he was healthy. And I do think you can never have enough corners. I'm not thinking about Robert Alford as a number one or number two, maybe not even number three, but to bring him back, let's focus on Alford first, to bring him back for depth purposes in that secondary knowing the offense, or excuse me, knowing the defense, and as we saw this past season, playing 60% of the defensive snaps in 10 of 13 games before he got hurt. Yeah, I, I thought he was their most physical corner. I would bring him back on a minimum deal. I, I mean, again, I, I think he's one. Of, he could be one of your top three corners. Of course, you got Byron Murphy, and then you got Marco Wilson, and then Robert Alford. I'd, I'd bring him back. 
I mean, there's no doubt he knows the defense. Um, you know, he was able to get through the season. Unfortunately, he had an injury of the pectoral muscle, so he wasn't able to finish this year. But um, when he's on the field, like I, I, I think I said in a Red Sea report on Tuesday that I, when they play the Rams, I thought he would be a great matchup on Odell Beckham Jr. because of physicality and depending if they were playing zone or man. And that allows Murphy a little bit more uh, options with Cooper Cup. But, yeah, I would definitely bring him back. Alford turns 20, excuse me, Alford turns 34 in October. And again, when you're talking about free agents in their 30s, whether it's early 30s, mid 30s, you know, how, and I do think there's a little bit of a stigma that it gets attached to age at some, you know, but athletes are taking better care of their bodies in this day and age. And then you have to also weigh, well, you know, he's had season ending injuries where he missed the entire season two seasons and they're not able to finish this season. But I do like the consideration of bringing him back for one more year. Again, it's, you know, it, the Cardinals went out and, and, and tried to get some veteran corners. I think it was two years ago. There were, you know, Drake or Patrick. So it's, I mean, as long as you're not slowing down and, and, you know, he, he, he did have the broken leg, correct? Correct. So, but the other one is, that was season one. That was outside. Yeah. At, at training camp, and then the other ones have been upper body. Yes. So I'm I'm not concerned with that. He and, and he works out. You, we got a chance to see him um, in the building a couple of weeks ago. I mean, he he looks the part. So uh, that wouldn't be a concern. Um, but for depth, and if you add another corner, he's your fourth corner. But he's smart enough to be out there as your third corner. Also turning 34, or will be 34 when the season begins, is Corey Peters, 12-year veteran, played 33% of the team's defensive snaps. Only Zach Allen and Lecky Fotu played more this past season. And when you're talking about veteran leadership and you're talking about a loud voice in that locker room and then someone who is still, I think, very capable on that defensive line. Now, you're not looking for him to play more than probably 30% of the snaps. You do need to get younger. You do need, you do need more production. But I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't be opposed to Corey Peters returning next season. Yeah, same thing. I'd bring him back on a, a one-year deal. Now, he arrived in camp late, um, obviously rehab throughout the uh, preseason and training camp. Yeah, I mean, you, you just look at Michael Dogby. He's restricted. He, he shows flashes. I like his size. Lucky foe, too, um, you know. They're looking for him to be a run stuffer. The, the thing for me is Rashard Lawrence he wasn't able to stay healthy. And then he throw in Corey Peters and Jordan Phillips. Um, you know, we'll see what happens there. But so rotation-wise, and, and they're going to add. Like I said, talking about the trenches, they'll add. And then, you know, Jack Crawford was a guy that tra- it was in training camp, but he got hurt early. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would bring him back. And, and when I say minimum deals – there can be incentives there. Like teams are giving giving out forty six thousand five hundred dollars if you're active on game day, and that's always the key. It's one thing to be on the fifty three man roster; it's another thing to be active and available on Sundays. We're going to pay you if you otherwise, you know. And a guy like Corey Peters and a guy like Robert Alford, if you've been in the league between seven and nine years, okay, they're they'll make over a million dollars. But because of the Players Association, they want to keep these guys, veterans, in the league. The team, the the, the team would only pay like six hundred fifty-five thousand to seven hundred thousand dollars. That's because the NFLPA doesn't want to see veterans get squeezed. So they they there's a pool for that. So they would benefit from Alford and Corey Peters. And again, these guys can get one five. And if you play every every all seventeen games, 
you can make up to $400,000. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Some other free agents on defense, and these are more defensive players, but they have a role and a big role on special teams. Dennis Gardeck, Chris Banjo, Ezekiel Turner, and Charles Washington. Not a lot of snaps on the defensive side of the ball. Most of those players, bigger factors on special teams. Banjo played 320 special team snaps. That was the most on the team. Gardeck, the second most, 278. Turner only played five games. Washington, seven games. Each of those players got hurt during the course of the season. And I know people want to see more of Dennis Gardeck on defense rushing the quarterback. Yet at the same time, I think we saw that when Chandler Jones was hurt in 2020, can you repeat that? And I think when you're on film, it becomes a little bit more difficult. I'll say this, though, about Dennis Gardak. He is not going to quit. No, and Kyle Vandenbosch on the Red Sea Report said, you know, he's had two ACLs, and he said, you know, you come back that first year, yeah, you feel like you've made progress, but really it's a second year. And so, you know, when he had those 93 snaps and, what, seven sacks, I mean, yeah, I mean – um, all those guys besides Gardick, I would bring back, and again, minimum deals. But if you if you put some incentives in the contract, but Gardick, it was interesting coming off an ACL and they tendered him, so he's part of the future, and and he's a great special teams player. I mean, just the way he practices and plays, I mean, it, it's it's contagious if you're on the practice field. It's, let's say we're in like October, November. And, you know, it's getting in the middle of the season. You haven't had your bye week. And he's out there playing balls to the wall, practicing. People see that and like, this guy's an underachiever. I mean, he's been overlooked. He's small. And look how he practices. So he's a great guy to have. You know what you're going to get out of Dennis Gardak. You don't have to worry about him. And by that, to what you said, MJ, it's he's always going to bring it every single play, every single day. He's going to work his tail off. He's going to be around. He strives. He wants to get better because he's got that chip on his shoulder. Undrafted. Not thought of much at all. And then all of a sudden, here he is. He's carved out a nice career for himself. Still relatively young as far as number of years. But with him, Banjo, Turner, Washington, you wonder how much Jeff Rogers, the special teams coordinator slash assistant head coach, how much his voice will be heard when the coaches and front offices meet as far as, hey, here's our free agents. Who do we want back? Who do we want to make an effort to retain as opposed to them, you know, hitting the free agent market or looking elsewhere because we do have, I think, a very good special teams group as far as rosters, as far as players already in-house. Yeah, I mean, I I think the Cardinals – uh, miss Zeke Turner this year because, you know, they had to rely on Joe Joe Walker and, you know, obviously Tanner Vallejo. Zeke, Zeke Turner is more of a special teams guy, but to me um, he's he's got more athleticism than Tanner Vallejo. And, and Kylie Fitz um, is a guy that, you know, you look at. But Jeff Rogers definitely will have a say. And, and again, when you start, you know, slicing up the pie, these guys are not going to cost you a lot of money. No, and that always comes down to it. At the end of the day, you know, you only have so many dollars to spend, and then where do you spend it in certain areas? You talk about positional spending sometimes. Depending on what you want to do on offense or defense, some positions you pay a little bit more towards, and others you can not pay as much because that's just not what you want to do on as an offense or a defense. And all those guys want to be starters because that's where you 
you know, all of a sudden, you know, you know yes, I can play on spot. But they all, they all want to be starters, and that's where the salary goes up. But at this point in time, they're at their depth. Uh, you can rely on Kali Fitz. You can rely on Zeke Turner. You can rely on Tanner Vallejo. I think they miss Charles Washington a little bit. And someone that, when needed, could play defense as well. Banjo as well, when you're looking at safety depth. Yeah, if something happens, Banjo, he's he's only got a handful of snaps now. You know, we'll see, you know, but to me he's a really good special teams player and even a guy like Kevin Peterson, and I know that he's not on the roster, correct? Correct. They did not retain him as far as signing him to a futures contract. Okay. So he's out there available for anyone, yeah. and even the Cardinals. Yeah, and he, he bailed his team out when they had some issues at corner. You know, nothing against Antonio Hamilton. I thought he bailed them out too. All right, the last free agents, two on special teams, Aaron Brewer and Andy Lee. Now, they're not going to get talked a lot about, but for me, MJ, as long as Matt Prater is kicking for the Arizona Cardinals, Aaron Brewer and Andy Lee have to be on this roster. Oh, definitely. But I noticed the Cardinals did have have a visit from a, a punter from Syracuse. In fact, they signed Nolan Cooney <laughs> to a futures contract earlier this week out of Syracuse. I don't think it's competition no, for no, Andy no. Lee or anything like that, but it is something to – Pay attention to as far as making – if you do bring Andy Lee back, provided he wants to keep playing. I mean, he's part of the same draft class as Larry Fitzgerald. So that's how long Andy Lee's been around. Now, if he wants to keep kicking and the Cardinals have interest, I want Andy Lee as my punter and holder. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, he's making good money. I mean, he's, coming, uh, yeah. he's coming back. I mean, to me, the whole uh, connection with Prater, Rodgers, and Brewer, I mean, this is – those guys – I mean, they're so close. I mean, I'd be surprised. And, and, and again, you, punters and kickers, they can play forever. So I bring both of those guys back. And then the reason why you bring in another punter is you've got a veteran punter. He doesn't need to kick in practice. True. It, and then get the guy in the preseason and see if he can hold. You know, And then if something happens to Andy Lee during the year, at least you got some exp- uh, got a, some experience. So – it's just when you get to training camp, he does not need to punt every day, and that's why they use the jugs machine. But in preseason games, which he's probably not going to play, um, you want to have somebody out there. And it just takes an off-season workout. When you're looking for a punt returner, you have to kick the ball. And so just it just takes – he doesn't need to prove anything. It's about staying healthy and getting to the season. With all three of those this past season, you talk about Aaron Brewer, Andy Lee, and Matt Prater, all three together. 13 games. Matt Prater, 40 of 40 on PATs, 25 of 28 on field goals. He missed six or six of his nine misses, whether it's extra point or field goal. Six of the nine came when either Brewer was gone or Andy Lee was gone, and meaning either injured or, in the case of Andy Lee, on the reserve COVID-19 list. So those three – for me, they're a package deal, and right now, two of those guys are need to be packaged up. Yeah, and and again, Aaron Brewer. I mean, he, he, all these guys love living in the valley. I mean, the city. I mean, if they were 25 years old and they wanted to get paid, I'm very comfortable the Cardinals will retain all three of those guys. I should have said two of those guys because the Cardinals do have Prater under contract this year. True, and that's good to hear because you need to have a kicker, as we've seen in the postseason, which we'll get to here in a moment. Cardinals covered two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Championship Sunday, MJ, I don't think it's going to live up to the divisional round, 
but let's briefly discuss it here before we call it a day. AFC Championship game, Bengals at the Chiefs. NFC Championship game, 49ers at the Rams. Game number one, AFC title game. Chiefs hosting it for the fourth straight year, hosting the game for the first time, four straight years, first time a team has done that in NFL history. And you look at playoff experience, does it matter? Well, for the Bengals, maybe not. Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, are they playing with house money? I know that's a feeling around the league, but if you ask them, it's like, no, we belong here, we deserve to be here, we have every rights, and we have a shot. And I do believe the Bengals do have a shot. Yeah, they've earned it. You know, what's the old saying, what you don't know? What you don't know? Yeah, I, I know what you say. Yeah, I, I don't know the rest of that. So they don't know. I mean, this this is all new to them. So whether it's house money or not, they've earned the right. And they have a quarterback that has a huge upside and a bright future. And the head coach has made major strides. And they got and they got talent on the outside. So I still like the Chiefs at home. And, yeah, I think a lot of people will as well. Although, say this, the Bengals did – beat the Chiefs earlier, and it wasn't just earlier in the season. How about like a couple of weeks ago? Well, that game was in Cincinnati, 34-31. So they've played recently. Yeah, and Andy Reid said they 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 beat them. He said they that wasn't a fluke. They they beat us. So that gives them motivation. But I do think getting Tyra Matthew back, and I, I we'll see. I, I really haven't watched the, the Bengals' defense. Um, you know, last year the Cardinals obviously had a chance to play him. It was a couple of years ago. But I'm just curious to see if they can cover those wideouts because when Tyreek Hill puts that foot in the dirt, he's gone. And when and Travis Kelsey, um, he's a mismatch in the secondary. You don't know what you don't know. There you go. Thank you. I've heard that. And that's what I – if I was covering the, the, the Cincinnati, that's that's what I would say all week because it's true. They This is all new to them. Now – it's not new for either the 49ers or Rams, and you look at this matchup. I'd, I'll, I'll be honest with you, MJ. I, I don't know how I feel about this game. Um, I think I'm leaning more towards the 49ers, but here's my ultimate. Goes into overtime. <laughs> Goes into double overtime. Okay. And the 49ers win. And then they lose in the Super Bowl. That's what I hope happens over the next couple why, of weeks. Why do you want this thing to go to overtime? I mean, so they no, we, well, why do because, you want Because the, the, <laughs> the emotional investment, the physical investment and pounding that those two teams would have to endure that I hope carries over into the offseason and carries over into the 2022 regular season. You know, we keep hearing that they got their number. It only takes one game. Six straight times the 49ers have beaten the Rams. I'm rooting for the Niners. I'm leaning that way well, as well. But but I've got, the, you, I've got, you got the, ties from the Bay Area. I've, I've got the hometown. Yeah. The, you know, growing up in yeah. the Bay Area, so I'd like it. Although, you look at what the Rams and 49ers have accomplished. The 49ers in the NFC Championship game for the second time in three seasons. Rams here for the second time in four seasons. There's going to be a lot of motivation, and that has to be the motivation this offseason for the Arizona Cardinals. When your competitors within the NFC West – are playing on Championship Sunday, and one is going to be playing on Super Bowl Sunday, that doesn't sit well. I guarantee you, and I can't tell you how many, when it when the Cardinal players are watching that game, they're going to say, what if? That should have been us. And that's got to – I mean, you got you to gotta eat it and you got to feel it. 
I guarantee you half the team is going – even people in the like us, that could have been the Cardinals. It was set up for them. And I hope every Cardinals coach and Cardinals player watches that game and really, really watches that game and has that feeling that you talked about. Now, you know, sometimes it's easier for players to get over a loss than it is for fans because fans tend to get more emotionally invested in their teams than players do. But this is a little different. If it was the Buccaneers against the Cowboys, it's different. Yes. You you went 4-2 and two against these teams. You know these teams like the back of your hand. So th- there's more. It's, I mean, it's it, it's got to hurt that they're not in this game. And next year, they're hosting the Super Bowl, so they better get in that game. Michael Bidwell, this past Monday, at a press conference held by the Arizona Super Bowl host committee, quote, anytime you see your direct competitors in the playoffs, it should bother any football fan, and it certainly bothers this one, end quote. We haven't heard from Michael a lot, and I think that sentence right there, that quote is something that's, should be repeated often and a rallying cry for this Arizona Cardinals team going into the offseason. Well, Craig, I only only can speak for myself, and and nobody's happy. I mean, this team was made to make a run in the postseason. The offense, when you hire Kingsbury and and Murray and you bring them in the first year, the whole idea was the third year to start humming, and they were humming, and it didn't last. That's got to change. So – Nobody's happy. I mean, when the season's over, it just stops. And you, you have these feelings of what if, what if, what if. And it, and it didn't happen. So, But the, hopefully they learn from it. All right, so who you got, Bengals or Chiefs? Chiefs. 49ers or Rams? I'm rooting for the 49ers. <laughs> but you have a feeling the Rams are going to win. And we're going to get that Super Bowl matchup that we were hoping for a couple of years ago until Tom Brady came in and ruined the party? Yeah. Yeah, I like I said, I'm 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 rooting for 49ers. I'm pulling for them. I shouldn't root for any other team. I'm pulling for them. <laughs> you hope pulling would, for them. It would be. I'm not going to be disappointed who wins or loses, but I'm pulling for the 49ers and I'm pulling for the Chiefs. It would be less painful if the 49ers won. Yes, for me anyway. <laughs> totally, that's a good point. Yeah, for Cardinal fans, we speak for Cardinal fans here. Well. Would it be worse if Seattle was in there? It's just worse that anyone's in there that's from the NFC West. That's but not it, the, the rival, Cardinals. though. Oh, the rivalry? The, I don't know. It's, it used to be Cardinals-Seahawks, right? Yeah. And then there was Cardinals-49ers, now it's Cardinals-Rams. And I like Sean McVay. It's just – and I like a lot of those players. It's just – I don't know. It's just the fact that you get beaten over the head so many times by one team and then all of a sudden, it's, yeah, it, it, it bothers you. Well, to me, they're arrogant, but they back it up. That's true. And if you can back it up, then at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And on that note, Bird Gang, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.